Welcome to the Every Gamer Podcast. My name is Nick. And I'm Sketch256, aka Ben in real life. Yeah. My government name. Uh what's your non-government name? Sketch two five six. Oh. I thought that was given to you by the government too. Nope. Oh, okay. Well, I'm learning. They don't want me to have it. <laughs> I'm a rogue. I'm a rogue. Uh, hey, how's it going, everybody? I hope you guys are doing well. Uh, this will be the yeah. first first podcast of the new year. Uh, technically not the new decade. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Technically, I don't. I'm not sure if it was, <laughs> if it is or not, because the last one was supposed to release on the oh. 31st. But I don't know what I can't remember right. what happened. I was having some technical difficulties, so I don't remember if it released on the first or the thirty-first. That's a good point. I didn't think about that. Yeah, I don't remember when it when it came out. Um, it was it was really frustrating because I was like, oh, I'm gonna hold off on this. I'm gonna wait a couple more days, and then oh, the old upload wouldn't work. So, <laughs> but we got it. We got it out there, and uh, this, oh, I have it. On iTunes here, released on December 30th. Uh, <laughs> oh, maybe I did do it the night before the 31st. Okay, that makes sense. I think I was yeah. I was having issues with Google Podcasts. I know I, I contacted you about it, but I couldn't get it to upload or um, go live on on uh, Google Podcasts, and I was having issues with it, and I was freaking out because I thought the podcast wouldn't upload because I tried multiple times, and it was just a nightmare, so... So yeah, this is officially so the first uh, podcast episode of the new year. So um, retracted. Uh, <laughs> previous statement and retracted. New decade. Um, yeah, and so which still um, stands. I, I said new decade, and that's still that's still correct. Yeah. Uh, how you been doing? You um, you were away for a while, weren't you? I was gone for two weeks. Yeah. Uh, with the in laws, um, it was great. Nice. Uh, well. Well, not just it was a mixture. It was, it was your wife, and both y'all were at. No, she home. stayed here. Okay, <laughs> okay. I just went and hung out with her parents <laughs> for two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was weird. Um, <laughs> hey, you made it work, I guess. No, it was great. Uh, it was really nice. I got a lot of like time to relax and play games and hang out, but yeah. I also got sick. Oh, Me and like everyone I know got sick over the Christmas break. Um, yeah. And it was it was annoying, but I was also really thankful that it happened then rather than the, in the middle of the semester because I really could not afford to get sick in the middle of the semester. Oh, yeah. Um, and so I don't know if it's my body just like I eventually started slowing down. And so my immune system was like, whew, <laughs> taking a few days off. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, my sinus has just kind of turned on me. But, you know, other than that, it was great. Uh, just hung out, played some games, yeah. watched football, ate some good food. Um, that's good I've been hitting the gym pretty hard you still um, got that going yeah I've gone four days this week already including today dude that's awesome um, yeah thanks I actually got this app I always feel weird saying this saying the name of the app because it makes it me sound like I'm a lot more fit than I actually am but the the app is called FitBod <laughs> <laughs> also Bod just weirds me out yeah like Bod um <laughs> <laughs> but like that in conjunction with another app called my fitness pal. Yeah. And then I have my Apple watch. I'm like the FitBod gives me a, like a, 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 a workout mm-hmm. every day that like targets a different muscle group. 
and then um, it, like so it generates it for me fresh and I can like set up where my gym is. This is not an ad for Fitbod, by the way. I just like it. <laughs> oh, but but Fitbod, if you're listening, you want to sponsor a podcast? Let us. Know. Yes, I, I could talk about it for a while. It's helping <laughs> this average Joe get in shape. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's been really helpful just because it just tells me what to do and it has these like little videos and descriptions of what the workouts are. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Um, and then. Yeah, it tells me the reps and the weight to do, um, and so I and then I log like how difficult that was, mm-hmm. so it knows whether or not to increase or decrease or whatever, and then I can make changes if what they suggested was too much or too little. Um, it's been really helpful. Today I had a crazy workout. I burned like seven hundred calories. Oh, in nice. workout Today that's pretty awesome. <laughs> I was like, I was exhausted afterwards, but it felt so good. Um, so yeah, yep, yep, making progress on that and. Um, I brought that up partially because I was trying out FitBod while I was on Christmas break. And so I okay. actually got some workouts in on my break. And that was the first time I've ever done that. You know, first time I've ever done something different besides like drink two Dr. Peppers a day and eat five <laughs> or six cookies every hour yeah. or something. <laughs> well, I mean, I can't remember but, uh, I can't remember who says it, but someone has said it's like 80% of um, fitness is, is diet. Um, so if your diet's oh, not sure, right, yeah. like anything you do at the gym is kind of going to be... I mean, it's going to be partially effective, but you're kind of working against yourself because it doesn't have the fuel it needs to to do the workouts properly. It doesn't have the right. fuel it needs to recover. It's just, you know, you're only doing 20% of the actual work. Um, and I think that, honestly, for me personally, the dieting is the, the hard part. Um, not like diet program, but like food and nutrition. That's the hard part, keeping on track with that. It is hard. So Yeah. Um, it's definitely hard. And, um, I use the, my fitness pal mostly just cause that helps me like track my calories. Um, and it helps me track my macros, but I don't worry about those quite as much. Mm -hmm. I try and get, you know, enough protein and, um, it's been nice to do it this way because I'm not like cutting out entire food categories in my diet. I just eat less. Yeah. Uh, and that is helpful. Um, and also since I have the Apple watch, I don't think it's like it's not a hundred percent accurate, but it tells me how many calories I've burned actively sure. versus how many I've burned like my basal meta- metabolic rate. Yeah. And so like I can put that in and that gives me an idea of like how many more calories I can eat today to get to my net goal of 1700. Sure. And it's just like, it's really cool to have all that stuff. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, so a- talking about accuracy, it's, it's more about tracking that over time because if it's giving the same deviance every time, <clears throat> at least you'll be able to compare one day to another and that way you can track progress rather than like the accuracy of where you stand at at that one point in time. So like, um, like my gym, um, does the body scans and it gives you like a, a breakdown of your, your fats and water and muscle and that sort of thing. And, uh, oh, cool. it, yeah. it consistently runs like three to 5% high on the uh, body percent on the fat percentage. Um, <laughs> And just want to keep keep on encouraging people to go to the gym. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, the thing is, it's only doing a visual scan um, of your body, and uh, yeah, and like the real test is that pinch test, you know, um, where it, it measures a layer of fat under the skin, like the actual fat layer under your skin, um, in multiple places on your body, um, and that's way more accurate because you're actually measuring the fat and not like electrical resistance in the body because of water as opposed to fat as a, you right. know um 
Sorry, you, you said it was a visual test, and I just imagine like one of those things at a carnival that's like, <laughs> guess your weight. Uh, about <laughs> it's like a step above the carnival yeah. guy. <laughs> <laughs> and that guy is probably, you know, uh, three to 5% off anyway, uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I guess you're like uh, 25% body fat. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but I mean, the, the thing is, if you're, if you're measuring every month and you can gauge like how much you're losing each month, that gives you an idea of progress, not necessarily where you stand at that point, but like accurately at that point, but you know, progress over time, which is what, what you should be looking at anyways, not just like where you're at at one point. So, um, well, and it's, I know this is not the every workout podcast, but, um, (laughs) I, I basically, I take it where I weigh myself once a week yeah. on the same scale around the same time. Yeah. On Friday mornings, right, you know, right when I get up, basically, I weigh myself on our home scale, mm-hmm. which is not the most accurate, but it's the most available. Yeah. And like you said, it's like, it's not really about getting a totally accurate thing. It's about having a sense of progress right. with what you've got. Right. So that's what I've been going with. And um, when I came back from uh, the in-laws house, I was like 204. And then I weighed myself the Friday following. Yeah. And I was back down to 200. Oh, that's awesome. Um, which, I, you know, it's, there could have been like water weight or something sure. going on there. But, and I, I'm weighing myself in tomorrow. So we'll see what my progress is. But probably we'll tweet about it. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's been fun. And I, I don't want to go too far into it, but I played a lot of Destiny and I yeah. played a lot of God of War. Oh, man. <laughs> so today, break. today yeah. in this Well, podcast, I want to hear about your break and what you did. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but we're going to talk about God of War. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I traveled a lot and I worked um, a lot um, trying to finish up uh, on some contract stuff. And um, Yeah, how's the new job? It's great. It's really, 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 really great. Um, I've been working like crazy, but it's been a lot of fun learning new, new things. Um, I'm doing a lot more uh, web design um, and yeah. that sort of thing. Uh, but I'm also doing some some more video editing and um, going to be doing some sound design stuff tomorrow. So it's kind of incorporating a lot of what I what I already do and also like learning new skills too. So I've been you know getting a little bit more into code as well. Like not anything crazy. It's it's HTML and, and CSS, but um, that's going to lead into a couple other things that um, they want me to learn, which is awesome. It's stuff I've wanted to learn for a while. Um, but uh, never really had an application, and that's how I learned yeah. best is application. So, um, sure, like I've tried to learn Python like three or four different times, and because I don't have a way to apply it or a reason or you know anything to apply it to, I lose it after a month or so, and then I have to restart and try yeah. to relearn it. Um, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. But I'm really, really excited. I'm doing a lot of really fun stuff there. Um, and they're also going to be like paying for me to get a drone license too, uh, since nice. you know I can fly drone and I do some videography stuff with the drone. But I I try not to do it commercially because I don't have a license and I can't charge people for it. So, um, if you know, so it's it's one of those things. They're going to help me. They're going to pay for the class and you know help me get the license. Um, so I could. So it's just it's a lot of really cool stuff. I'm I'm able to do. Um, now that I'm, you know, working for a company, uh, directly. And so it's been going really, That's really well. Cool, dude. Yeah. Love the people I work for. My office is, is really great. Um, it's one of those places that they, they're pretty much like, 
we don't care when you take breaks. You know, if you if you need to take a one hour break, fine. If you go over your one hour lunch, that's fine. If you need to go sit on the couch for a little bit, that's cool. You know, we're we're hiring you for a purpose because you have skills and you can do the work. So here's the work. That's awesome. And just get it done. You know, we don't really don't care like all the the about all the you know making sure you come in at this specific time and you're doing it this specific Nine way. To five, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. And yeah. so um, have a lot of freedom and flexibility um, because it's like we trust you to do the work because that's why we hired you. That is awesome. And so yeah. – and everybody's like that. It's, it's just really, really cool to work in that kind of environment with those, that kind of people. And uh, Very cool, dude. Yeah. So it's been really, really great. And um, I haven't been playing as much, but I um, I did play – for my on the break, I did play a ton, a ton of God of War. Uh I know because I was playing a lot. Yeah, like I was waking up between five and six in the morning and playing till nine yeah. virtually every morning for the second week I was there. And every time I would text you, we were right about the same place. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. I was like, he's playing. He's he's grinding right now. Yeah, there was <laughs> yeah. there was one. There were like two days there where, um, <clears throat> it was like I was close to getting to um. Oh, what's it called? Where are they, where are they trying to get? Uh, Jot- Jotunheim? Jotunheim? Yeah, uh, yeah, there are twice, you know, where they get really close um, to mm-hmm. getting there, and then it just it goes awry. Um, and that was about the time that I really, like, dug in, is that first time where I got close, and I was like, oh, I'm pretty close to the end, and then nope, and then they do it again. So there's, like, another, like, 15, 15 hours of gameplay or 20 hours of gameplay or whatever it is after yeah. that point. And so I thought I was close. So I was just, like, trying to grind and get there and get it done. And so... Oh, yeah, yeah. There were two you days... Yeah, there were two days there where I was just, like, I need to get there and I need to... And so... Um, but, yeah, I, I was just grinding and grinding. And then um, I did some of the end game stuff. Um and I got kind of stuck into a grind again, and so I kind of backed off of it. And I actually started playing Star Wars uh, Jedi Fallen Order Battlefront. No, no, no Jedi Fallen, Fallen Order. Order. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Actually, I just got a Xbox One X. So dang. Yeah, it was it was on sale, um, and we got some new job, new Xbox. <laughs> it's not because of the job. It was because we had some um, we had some Christmas money that came through. Um, nice. and Ashton wanted to get yeah, me, awesome. get me one. She wanted to get me one for a yeah. while, but, uh, she was like for your Christmas, for your Christmas present and birthday this year. Um, you know, I want, I want to, I want you to get the Xbox and it was on sale for like three fifty. usually they're like $500. So I got, Oh dang. I didn't know those were still that expensive. Yeah. Um, so I got, I got one for three fifty, and it came with Jedi Fallen Order. So I was like, "Nice." I was like, "The game itself is is worth sixty bucks there." So you know, essentially, yeah. it's, it's like you're buying the the Xbox for two hundred ninety dollars. Yeah, yeah. Um, so That's a good deal. How are you liking Fallen Order? Uh, honestly, I I don't. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, interesting. Do tell. It's very much like Dark Souls. They actually copied okay. a lot of gameplay stuff from Dark Souls. Um, so the save mechanic, um, if you want to heal yourself, yeah. it respawns all the enemies. You, there are only certain spots that you can you have to meditate at, and that's how you save progress. So if you make any progress right. and then you die, you get kicked back to that, that save point. Um, and 
you know, so if you need to fight a uh, like a boss that's a little, a little further away, you have to go to him. And if you die, you get put back to that spawn point. You have to track all the way over there. So there's no going to your right. menu and just hit and save. Um, which to me, I hate that mechanic because all it seems to do is just extend the gameplay superficially. It doesn't mm. really okay. do much else, but just make me feel like I'm wasting my time. And there are some people uh, who, who okay. might like that because they think that's the challenge part of it. But to me, sure. it just feels like I'm wasting my time for no reason. Like, why would it? What's the difference between letting me save before I go fight the boss and saving like two or three minutes away and then having to trek over to it? Um, sure. Yeah, I get that. And so, and then like a lot of the, the fight mechanics are, are very Dark Souls like. Um, it. I'm just getting really, really frustrated because like some hitbox stuff and some. Um, reaction stuff that i feel like i nail most of the time and then like all of a sudden it just doesn't work and so i'm like Hmm. what's the difference there what am i doing wrong or is that you know right is that something in the game because like in god of war it was similar in combat style you know you have parries and you got to dodge and but it felt on the dot every single time so it felt reliable Yeah. yeah um and so and maybe it's not fair that I'm like comparing it to God of War, like immediately after playing God of War, but like <laughs> it just Well you compare it to what you know and what you like. Yeah. So maybe it makes sense. And so, um and like Assassin's Creed Origins had similar similar combat mechanics, but it didn't feel as tight either. It just you know, sometimes it, it felt a little buggy or things didn't lock on like they were supposed to or so, like, there's another comparison point for me there, but I still feel like God of War nailed it completely, and then, like, Jedi Fallen Order didn't necessarily nail it as far as the feel. And then some of the... There's some, mm. some jankiness in some of the controls. Um, there's the sliding things. Like, so... Did you ever play Tomb Raider? Um, oh, yeah. Right, so, you know... The first one. You know, in some of those yeah. things where you, like, hit an incline or decline and you get slide and you have to control left and right to miss yeah. objects and stuff yeah, like that? Yeah, sure. In this game, it just feels awful. It feels so, really? so okay. loose. Because, like, in Tomb Raider, it felt really good. In other games I've played, it felt really good. But in Star Wars, like, in this game, for some reason, it just does not feel good at all. Um, huh. And to the point to where there's one part where it's part of the story you slide down the thing and you come around a turn and you have to jump over and then you jump again and you have to grab a rope and it took me like 30 times to be able to to, oh, to get it and i felt like yeah i just felt so loose like the reaction time on it like whenever i put the joystick it takes like just under a second for the character to actually move in that direction so it just doesn't huh. feel as responsive okay and the thing is the game has a lot of really, really good stuff about it. And people have been like raving about it. And like, I, I see what they're saying. Um, sure. I think that maybe they're overlooking a lot of stuff because they're excited that EA, a studio from EA put out <laughs> a, a decent single player game. Right. And so, um, and like, like if I were to give it a score right now, I would still give it like a seven, maybe an eight out of 10. But like, yeah, there are a lot of things about it that just really frustrated me, frustrate me. Maybe because that's I just came at it with 
like only hearing positive things and no one ever saying anything negative about it. And so, yeah. And there's some stuff in God of War that I'm actually gonna gonna point out too that I really don't like. Um, sure. Uh, but I mean, I'm gonna you know I kind of taken a couple of days break off of it. I'm gonna try and jump back on it again because um, like I I have been taking my time trying to learn like the enemy moves and getting the dodges correct and the the parries correct and like learning yeah. the the combat mechanics and but it's just frustrating when it's like i feel like i'm nailing it and then all of a sudden it just like stops working and it's like what am i doing yeah, differently um like is it really yeah, that makes like sense for sure a tenth or a thousandth of a second that i'm missing it by and that's why it feels <laughs> yeah so um but you know i'm gonna give it some more time i've put probably 10 hours into it um but uh, yeah, I'm I'm still just you know I'm still trying to fig- figure it out and like because I want to give it a chance. Um, if yeah. you were to like ask me which game I'd rather play, Dark Souls, Bloodborne, or this one, I'd definitely I'd be like this one. This one appeals to me. It has actually a really really good story. Um, yeah, I've heard it's got a great story. Yeah, the writing's great. The acting is great. I mean, a lot of stuff is really. And then like the frame rate issues it frustrates me frame rate issues oh yeah even on the xbox one x like um and you have to actually go into the settings and set it to performance mode where it where it um caps it at 1080p um and so you know uh, it's it's just frustrating that you still have to do that even on a console that's supposed to hit 4k at 30 frames and is that just like the developer didn't optimize it properly or like if you're going to offer 4K, then it should be 4K and not just 4K at sometimes 20 frames and sometimes 17 frames and then sometimes 30 yeah. frames, you know. Um, yeah, I hear you. So, Makes sense. So, yeah, a little frustrated, um, but, you know, I really, really want to like it, you know, and I'm going to I'm gonna give it a chance. I'm going to keep playing it. Um, yeah. So, but, yeah, I... Yeah, I kind of came to a place in God of War where I just I was like, I'm grinding too much. I need to just step back uh, from it. Did you beat it? Yeah, I beat it completely. Um, yeah, that's right. Sorry. You said in game, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's jump into it. And uh, listener, um, I'm gonna spoil stuff. So. Oh yeah, me too, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. So if you don't want spoilers, we appreciate you tuning in for the first half of this podcast. Yeah. And we will see you next time. But, uh, yeah, we're going to dive into the whole game and talk about spoilers and whatnot. So you've been warned. Yeah. So we're we're uh, this is definitely God of War Part 2, giving our final thoughts on the game. Um, part 2. Part yeah. dos. Yeah, so let's talk about God of War. Um, so yes. first of all, like, what's your overall impression of it? Like, where do you stand on on it? I thought it was a garbage fire. I thought that oh. it made Fallout 76 look good. Oh, I man. I thought that it was the next Superman 64. <laughs> I thought I, I, I thought it was I the only was one. masterpiece. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm alone. No, no. I thought it was a masterpiece. I mean, it yeah. was it, it was not a perfect experience. There were things I thought, I don't know how I feel about that, but they were so few and far in between. And it was just the first time in years that I have 
just had to get back into the game. Yeah. Not because I was going to run out of time for something like, you know, Destiny, I felt that way because I'm like, I don't want to miss out on this experience. Yeah. This was like, I'm so enjoying this. Yeah. And I cannot wait to see what happens next, even though I already know what's going to happen next because I've seen the story play out. Yeah. I was just experiencing it for myself. And it was also a couple of years ago that I watched the story. So, yeah, I, I was just sucked in from the fr- from the first second, and I felt like the pacing was amazing. I mean, mm-hmm. I, well, I could go for a long time, but yeah, my overall impression is it's the best game I played in probably like five years, maybe longer. Yeah, I know, I know, uh, Bioshock is probably at the very top of your list, but uh, I probably am going to say that this is probably the best game I've I've played, I've ever played. Um, yeah, it's. It just. I think me and you talked about over the break. Like, yeah. This game is is unseating one of my top three, and it would. Yeah. It may unseat Resident Evil Four because I've tried to play Resident Evil Four since, and I don't think it held up quite as well. Right. Um, I really love that game. Uh, the first time I played through it, and it it was like that same experience. Like I just couldn't put it down. Right. Um. But. Yeah, I mean, this was, it was so good. <laughs> yeah, I I was so amazed by um, the feel of the entire game. Um, it there isn't they didn't overcomplicate it with a myriad of things. Um, mm. They tried to only keep in there what was necessary, and like you know, I think I said it before. Like even the row, the rowing. He, they, he doesn't row at a, a realistic pace. He goes way faster because they don't want to waste your time in the boat. Um, but if you're going to spend some time in there, they even throw little story stuff in there where they have conversations, Atreus and Kratos. And and, yeah. um, and then uh, even like docking and, and undocking. Yeah, Ned. Um, what is his name? I'm blanking on his name now. Uh, Krillin? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's no, Krillin. It's that. Um, I thought it started with an uh, M. Right? Mamir. Mamir, that's it. It's Mamir. Yeah. Sorry, listener. There's somebody listening to this podcast right now who was like screaming Mamir into their headphones or whatever. It's Mamir! Oh, I'm going to go review <laughs> them negatively on iTunes. I know, um, I know. But seriously, give us five stars. It, yeah. would, it would help a lot. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was just in like docking and undocking. They did it quick, you know, and they made it uh, painless. The skill system, the everything was just done so well. The gear, they didn't overcomplicate the gear. Um, everything was just done so well and so intentional um, that yeah. – Nothing felt like a waste of time, except this very end part to me, um, Niflheim. Um, but yeah, I, I I really think it's probably the best game I've ever played, uh, and I think it's one of those games that probably like you play it ten years from now and you're still gonna have the same, um, same thoughts about it, like it being such an incredible game. Um, I think it'll hold right, up. Right. It'll absolutely hold up, and so. Um, yeah, I was. I yeah, was I agree. Amazed. I agree. There are some things like, sorry, it's it's like a it's a very like it's a very cinematic experience, an immersive mm-hmm. experience, but then there are things that it does that are very much like, okay, that that breaks immersion, but I don't care. Yeah, exactly. Like 
I don't I don't care that my hammer that my hammer my um, axe like flies through walls to get mm-hmm. back to me. It would be so much more annoying if they tried to go for a realistic something there and it got caught on geometry or something. Yeah, right. You know, I don't care that he docks the boat really fast because it's not an annoying cutscene I have to sit through over and over again. It's like right. everything flows seamlessly. And I found that there were so many things there where they decided to keep immersion and make it make sense. And then where where they cut away from that was all in service of the player yeah. feeling like it was a smooth experience. Yeah, and, absolutely. And I just I just loved them for it. I, I thought it was so well crafted. Yeah, I, I speaking of the axe, like whenever I went to a new place or whatever, I always threw that axe like off mountaintops. I threw it in water. I just threw it in different places to see yeah. like how far it'll go or if I can get it stuck somewhere or if I could like <laughs> It was so fun because, sure. like, you know, when you're when you're at the top of uh, of the mountain and you're, you know, you're walking on that slender, snowy hill or whatever, I just stop. Oh, yeah. Atreus takes off running and then he stops and waits for you. And I'm just sitting there throwing the axe off the mountain and just recalling <laughs> it. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, cause, well, yeah. that's an- another thing. Like, you brought up that snowy mountain. I'm, I'm going to move into the aesthetics a little yeah. bit. But there were so many times I got to an area and I just stop i just just paused and stared mm-hmm. at the scenery and the imagery that was there i was blown away by so many different landscapes and view yeah uh, escapes in the game like on top of the mountain was one you mentioned like in the witches area with all those vibrant yeah. colors sanctuary turtle, like that's another yeah. one i mean when you finally get to jotunheim that's such a somber beautiful place yeah um just so many different times when I thought this is just incredible. It just looks beautiful from mm-hmm. start to finish. The game is absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, one of the um, this was so cool when you go into the um, the serpent's mouth. Uh, you know, you call him. Yeah. Amir calls him out, and then he comes and looks, and then he gets back and gets into the water and opens his mouth. I was like, yeah. holy crap, the, the sense of scale and the sense of like immersion in this moment. So I stopped and I was like taking screenshots and then I, you know, wrote up to him and you go in between a gap in his teeth and you go in there and then the yeah. mouth closes mm-hmm. and it gets super dark. And then, so every, every design there was so intentional in the way that they designed it and created it, the art, the color, yep. the lighting, um, like when you're going through the the serpent's mouth and you can see its rib cage through the, <coughs> through the skin, you know the light's coming through the skin, and then you can see right. the spine and the rib cage and everything. Like it's that's just inc- it, it's incredible design and the way that they use the light, yeah, it is. Um, the light there, the lighting throughout the whole game was just beautifully done. Um, well, another thing that was really cool was you know if if the way when you come out of the snake, yeah. It's blinding. Yeah. Because it would be blinding. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I remember thinking like I can't I can't see anything. And it's like, well, yeah, that's they've been in they've been in relative darkness. Yeah. You know, for the first time. And you know, at all game. And so yeah, you, you come out of the mouth like really quickly because he's being assaulted by yeah. Balder and you just like you're blinded for a second. I just thought that was such a great that's such a great decision. It just makes perfect sense. The direction was there. Yeah. Everything flowed so well together. It was just, it was wonderful. I, I have to disagree a little bit about 
them trimming out everything that didn't have to be there. Okay. I th- I think this is not even really a complaint per se. It's more of a critique. Yeah. I don't I don't know how I felt about the RPG systems and the leveling and the armor systems as far as that like giving okay. your character a level um, because in some ways it, it you didn't explore just to explore. Like you yeah. explored because you had to get materials so you could upgrade your armor. Yeah. Um, because there were some fights you couldn't you couldn't accomplish a lot of those fights were side quests. Yeah. Like the, the main story itself, most of that stuff is not super hard. Yeah. Um, but I, I did feel like this feels, a, if there's anything that feels out of place to me, it's that. Sure. I, I get um, that with the tears and the Valkyrie. Um, well, the tears and the Valkyrie, even that stuff makes some sense story wise but as far yeah. as like i need to purple armor you know and i my mm-hmm. level needs to be five or six to be able to beat the enemies in this area you know that like that kind mm-hmm. of stuff felt a little bit out of to me um yeah i i get what you're saying i think they did that to um instead of putting an invisible wall or saying you can't be here at this time they i think they did that so that you couldn't go certain places at certain times yeah um, and I did hate that part. I, I don't, I don't like that, but I understand why they did it. Um, well, like I said, I, it's, it's kind of the like same. Like I said, I wouldn't even say I hated it or like I, this, you know, this really was a huge problem for me. It wasn't, it was like, I had fun doing yeah. that stuff, but if there's anything that to me, I felt like was added on that didn't have to be there. Mm-hmm. It was that. I get that. Um, I feel, I think I feel that way about like, uh, um, uh, Muspelheim and uh, Niflheim, yeah. Uh, because that stuff you can't do until after you beat the game. Right. Um, those realms don't get unlocked, and it, it it sucks because it takes so long to do those things that I wish I could have like gone and played it for for an hour or two and then continue on with the story, come back to it, you know, grind at that a little bit more, and then go back to the story. Well, you can't unlock um, the you can't unlock Muspelheim at least because I unlocked it. I don't know, pretty early on, I found the four ciphers um, at some point. It, it took me closer to the end of the game to get to Niflheim, but I actually never went there because I just stayed on the main yeah. story and, and the side quests that were immediately available. But gotcha. um, yeah, but they, they, they don't force you not to get there until after they beat the game. But oh, I mean, at the, okay. same, at, at the same time, they are, you don't have to go there. They're completely optional. And like right. I can understand if like people want it, like I want to challenge and they want to keep on playing the game and the combat and that kind of stuff. But I, I get what you're saying. Like in some ways, it yeah. is extra and doesn't really fit the the whole narrative of the story. The whole yeah, and, and story, I can't... You know, that means <laughs> um, the whole redundancy of the redundancy. <laughs> That's right. uh, yeah, no. the whole redundancy. No, I, I've I, already said that. <laughs> I, I feel like I feel like the Valkyries are not a huge part of the story, but I feel like they are part of it. They are. And I I I really don't like that. It. I don't know that. It takes so much to be able to accomplish. Learning more about the Valkyrie story. Um, and so like the first parts of you know I couldn't fight some of those Valkyries because they were too tough, so I had to come back to them later, which oh, is yeah. fine. It was closer to the end of the game, but like, the ones in Muspelheim and uh. Niflheim, Niflheim, yeah, yeah Niflheim. Um, yeah. The, it just it feels like it's taking forever to do, 
um, just because you have to grind. It is a grind. No, oh, okay. Um, and I guess you haven't you haven't played those, have you? I haven't those played those. Realms? I've beaten five of the. Well, I think there's a total of nine Valkyries. Once you beat the first eight, then the Queen of the Valkyries becomes open to play. Yeah. Against and I have beaten five of the original there. Um, okay. I beat the four in Midgard and I beat one in Helheim. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's one in Muspelheim, and then there's one in Niflheim. Um, yeah. And both of those just feel like they take forever. Um, and uh, just because they're the way that they're designed. And, sure. Uh, I don't think it needs to be th- as long as it is. Yeah. Um, but it, uh, Niflheim especially just feels like a grind. It, it really yeah. does just feel like a grind. And so, one, thing um, I, one thing I will say positively about the Valkyries is... Um, I love that they have an explanation in the game for why the stuff is happening. Like in the last yeah. episode, we talked about it's a bleak world. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't, I didn't see that at first, but I understood your point after you explained it. As far as like, yeah, the the dead aren't staying dead, and you kind of just yeah. assume like, well, it's a video game. I gotta have people to fight, <laughs> so yeah, <right>. whatever. <laughs> and, and you don't expect there to be an explanation, but then you find out, oh, the Valkyries have been imprisoned, and they would be the ones that are helping sort out who's going to hell and who's going, you know, who's not. And, yeah, and that's why hell is overflowing. And and then you realize, I, I can't remember exactly, but it's something to do with like Odin is doing something with mm-hmm. the Valkyries, and um, and I, even though it's like. It's tertiary, like you definitely don't have to go through that story to still feel like yeah. you have a, a complete experience in the game. I like that it's there. Um, yeah, absolutely. I like, that it, I like that it's weaved into the narrative in some way, as opposed to just being a random uh, challenge at the end of the game. Right. <clears throat> well, the um, Valkyries are a pretty huge part of Norse mythology anyways, and like yeah. to leave them out of a game like this um, would, I think, be a big misstep as far as story-wise because i mean they're yeah. such a um they're such a big part of of norse mythology they're supposed to be these like incredible warriors and like it's so i think to leave them out would have been a mistake so i really like the way that they tied it in oh um, yeah that was really really cool um well i'm a mythology nerd so i love these you know these these um portrayals of the the norse gods and the different norse mythology yeah and Ragnar- like hearing about ragnarok and hear you know all that stuff is just fascinating to me. I'm just eating it up, you know. Yeah, I, I and love, I love those stories. They kind of like flipped a lot of how you probably feel about some of these uh, Norse gods on its head. Thor's a dick. Yeah, Thor's. <laughs> so is Odin. He's just he's just a, Odin, a yeah. sociopath or psychopath. Yeah. Par- paranoid. Um, yeah, crazy. Yeah horrible person you know yeah it's it's really really interesting the way that they're portraying portraying these gods but i was like it's believable that the way that they're you know through some of the side uh side missions and and talking um and discovering more and more it's it's really really interesting um it's very believable in this world and i'm like at a point i was just like i i believe it i believe that you know even though you never meet thor or odin like you get an understanding of of how terrible um they were and then you know did you get the end cutscene where you see thor uh i didn't oh have you gone back to your house yet no i haven't you need to go back to your house (laughs) shoot i remember seeing that on the map and i was like i need to i need to go back and i never went 
Sorry, I don't want to spoil that for you, but I, no, I won't not, tell you exactly what happens, but you definitely need to go back to your house. I'm glad you told me because I, w- I completely forgot about that. Um, so yeah. I'm like, I'm one of those guys that if I enter a realm or something like that, I stay in that realm. So I'm still in Niflheim. I haven't left. So as soon as yeah, I went I get in that. there, I'm st- I I've still been in there. Um, yeah. And so I kept thinking, I need to go back to the house because like... I think Kratos said, "Let's go home after Let's they." Let's go home, right? Yeah, after they they um, uh, dropped Faye off in Jotunheim. Um, so he yeah, her off. <laughs> <laughs> to put it lightly, <laughs> what about like the most? <laughs> the I don't most know. I don't know how to describe <laughs> scattering someone's ashes. Yeah. <laughs> they dropped her. We're off. just gonna <laughs> drop her off in the ocean. <laughs> I drive grandma off at the mantle. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's hilarious. Uh, no, it was. <laughs> oh, man. I, I remember him saying that, and I was like, okay, I, I need to go home. And then they do kind of, I like what they did with the credit scene. It's still part of what you're walking, you know, and yes. they slow you down, and the credits, it was just really cool um, the yes. way that they did it. And by the time I had gotten back, um, it completely slipped my mind. It it, the, it flashed up Muspelheim and uh, Niflheim was um, unlocked, and so I went straight to Muspelheim, and then I was like, "Oh, I need to, I need to go go back to the house at some point." Right. So, oh well, man, and, I'm glad you said uh, that. Just, <laughs> talking about dropping Faye off. Um, <laughs> uh, one thing I thought that the game did really well that I didn't fully expect was was how much I cared that all the giants were dead. Yeah. Um I was yeah. so hit with the injustice and the sadness of yeah. the um uh, of the extinction of this whole race. Mm-hmm. Um because the you know the Norse gods, the Aesir I think they are, um just drove them to the point of extinction that they finally were able to escape to Mid- uh, to Jotunheim and then there just weren't enough of them to survive. Yeah. And so I, I thought that they did a good job of making you like they made me really not like Odin and mm-hmm. Thor almost just by that. Cause you really yeah. don't know much about Thor. Like, but, but throughout the game, like if you're opening those lore panels, you're seeing all these stories about giants who are for the most part, pretty good. Yeah. Like they're not bad people or, you know, at the very least they're neutral and yeah. Thor is killing every one of them or Odin is having them killed or something like that. Yeah. And then you go to this, to Jotunheim and it's such a somber, sad but like beautiful place and you really feel sad you feel a sense of loss that these yeah that this race isn't there anymore yeah and there's a stillness as soon as you enter jotunheim um, oh yeah and you start walking into that hall and atreus is able to read um yep everything on the wall and explain it and yeah there's just this this peace and stillness and i was thinking like it was going to be this like beautiful like place you go to and it's going to be teeming with life and then like you start walking through and you get an understanding of what was happening. Um, yeah. And, uh, it, it, it tells, I think, I think you get that feeling because they contrasted it so well with Odin and Thor, um, <coughs> and Balder too. Like just oh, the, yeah. how Balder was, um, just kind of seeing like being a God can probably drive you crazy. Um, and so being a God who can't feel. Yeah. Yeah. Especially um, that. Um, well, and so I want to ask you as someone who just experienced this, like, it was so yeah. funny. I was biting my tongue so hard in the last episode where you're like, 
the witch, you know, she could have betrayed you, but she didn't. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. she didn't really ever betray you, but she was also like the mother of your worst enemy. Yeah. And, and I really wanted to know what your perspective was on that. I thought they did an incredible job on it. So I think one thing that you glean off of this is that the gods feel in extremes. So if they're angry, they're entirely furious to the point of no understanding. Uh, and hmm. I think the same thing happens with uh, Balder. He wants revenge to the point that it clouds everything else about his being. Uh, even when he gets his wish of being able to feel back, you know, he just wants revenge and he wants to kill his right. mother. Freya, um, she just has this like sense of... Um, I guess motherly affection and wanting to protect uh, her son, and then even when when um, Kratos kills um, Balder, she just curses him and says that she's going yeah. to make him pay, even though Balder right. was trying to kill her. So she, she, when she felt sorrow, she felt sorrow to an extreme. And I think Kratos is the same way when he feels rage and anger. He feels it to an extreme point, but he's gotten to a place to where he can control it. Um, and I think that right. was one of the issues that Atreus was having. You know, he he had yeah, that exactly. Him too. That's one of the things he's trying to teach Atreus throughout is he gets yeah. angry, but he, and anger can be a tool, but you have to control, control it. Yeah. If it was it, he said that um, the something about the mind needs to be heart is is great to have, but the mind needs to be there to control it. Um, yeah. And so um, I think that's the thing about they're really trying to sell about being a god is you have these things to the extreme, like to the point to where it's they don't have any sort of control over it because they don't have to. Well, you know, and you almost think about people who are just, you know, like a spoiled kid. Yeah. I mean, that's what they are. Yeah. You know, I mean, they're people who never learned emotion regulation because mm -hmm. they were never in a position where they had to. Right. No, <laughs> no consequences. Um, no, no. And uh, I mean, I think Balder is a little more complicated. I think sure. he's legitimately driven insane by not being able to feel. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, he can interact with everything, but he can't experience any of it. Right. And just over hundreds of years, that's driven him insane. Mm -hmm. Um. And so even if, you know, it is an extreme, but I, to me, it felt earned with him. It's not, he's not sure. just a petulant child. He, he's like, he, he was genuinely hurt by this. Yeah. Um, but I can see that. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I thought that they did it really well. I did find myself at the end of the game, like wanting to have a choice, like wanting to be able to stop the fight because yeah. Freya was so desperate for you to stop fighting. And like, I, I, I was like, I want to hear her, but I, I, I had to fight him. Yeah. And he, he wasn't a kill me or an Atreus or, um, or her, but I, I part of me wanted there to be an option because a lot of the game is about, we have to be better. Yeah. Like he says that he tells that to Atreus, you have to be better. We have to be better. Yeah. Um, and then I felt like the fact that it only gave you one option and that was to kill Balder. Yeah. It seemed like, you know, I, I wouldn't want Kratos to die in his stead, but at the same time, like, it would be nice to see a, a, an end to the cycle yeah. of violence in some way. But well, that's, you know, that's why I wouldn't consider this I game also, an RPG. Like it doesn't give you that choice. You're just experiencing no. the story um, in a linear fashion. There's, you know, there's, yeah. there's kind of the, the cloudiness of, you know, choices and, and kind of open world, but not really kind of RPG, but not really. 
Um, right. But yeah, I, I really think that would have been a really incredible thing, but it also would have affected the next game. And so... Right. And, and I feel very much that they have a, a sort of, I mean, somewhat of a plan. Yeah. For the story, because you already know Kratos is going to die. Absolutely. Like they were, they reveal that on the wall in Jotunheim. So I, um, I was, so when I saw that, I thought that he was going to get to the top of the mountain. They were going to, um, they were going to sprinkle phase ashes and then he, drop her off, he, drop her off. And then he was going to have to give up his life to allow Atreus to keep living. Like there was going to be something there, like at the oh. top of the mountain, like Atreus couldn't leave Jotunheim or something like that. Mm. Um, because they did that right before they went out of that, that temple and then, you know, make right, the walk up. Right. So I thought like he was going to die right there at the end of the game. And then the next game would be, you play as Atreus, you know? Right. Um, but I'm glad that they didn't go that direction. Um, uh, but yeah, Me it too. kind of, Me it, too. I, I got a little bit like worried there at the end there. Cause that, I was like, all right, we just created, it feels like Kratos finally is at a place where he's okay. And then he's going to die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I keep on thinking of so many references to the rise of Skywalker. Have you seen? No, that? I haven't seen it. Uh, okay, I won't say anything. Yeah. I'll just say I wish that they had planned <laughs> <laughs> the trilogy. And I feel like even if it's it's just a very small plan, I, yeah. given that they've already they, they've already shown Kratos dying, and they seem like they showed him in a specific way, like him lying under a tree with Atreus. Yeah. Um, that's, what, that's what it looked like to me. It seems like they have some sort of plan, and I really hope they do. Yeah. And I know that one thing we wanted to do for the end of the podcast was to kind of speculate about some things we'd like to see in the future sure. or things they might do in the in the future. And I, I don't know how you do this because I, I don't think they should just do more of the same, yeah. per se. But one of the things I love the most about this story is it's about... It's about Kratos and Atreus. One thing you mentioned mm-hmm. last time was it's all one shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is all one shot. One of the most impressive sy- systems in the game is you have a loading screen at the beginning of the game and then you never see another yeah. one. Um, in, unless you die. Mm-hmm. Like the fast travel system, no loading screen. Like there are things that are loading and that determines how long you're in those travel areas. That, that actually is but, lo- the loading screen, that travel area. Yeah, but I'm, I'm just saying like you're not... You're not staring at a screen, mm-hmm. and most of the time, like you and Atreus are having a conversation, or Mimir is telling you some lore yeah. or an interesting story. It's just fascinating so, how well designed the game absolutely. is. Absolutely. So, like, I read, I but, read an article. Oh, sorry. I'll let you go on, and then I'll. No, yeah, go, no. You go ahead and say that part, and then I'll go back to my. So home. I read a, a a quote from Corey Barlog, the director of the game, and he was talking about that yeah. one shot thing, and he was like, "We had to overcome some technical." Um, like challenges, um, I'm sure. <laughs> and part of it was there are loading screens, but you don't see them. So, like, whenever you go through a crack, or whenever you have to crawl yeah. under something, uh, like, yeah, I knew that like, was a loading. All those screen. are loading areas because they you don't you don't see mm-hmm. anything else, and so they're able to offload the stuff that you just left, and then load the stuff that you're going into. Right. The the fast travel system, you can walk into that portal and then just stand there and then the portal is going to appear in front of you but they 
they give right, you this like right. sense that you need to run and like for part of three quarters of the game i did that i was just running until the door appeared um i still do it <laughs> it's, it's i think that's incredible design they did a great yeah, job it's with amazing that. um but yeah i think that's incredible that you don't have to stop and then you can pick up your phone and you know just pull yourself out of the game um no, it's it's a very immersive experience yeah. in the way. But and, and so part of my point was you have these like you have this epic sense of mm-hmm. scale. You have the story with Balder that's happening. Um, but so much of the story is center focused on Atreus. Um, mm-hmm. and their development as characters, the development of their relationship. Atreus has such an incredible character arc throughout this whole game. Yeah. Starting off as unsure warrior to more confident to finding out he's a god to being a really arrogant prick and then like going through a really humbling experience where he comes back to being himself and really finds like this balance of being a god being a kind person and then kratos himself Mm -hmm. being challenged throughout all of that to become a like a more caring father and someone who really cares about other people in some way or, or learns yeah. to care about other people through Atreus's experience. And it's just really beautiful. And I think if they had had it focused on this huge, if it was looking at the overall conflict the entire time, rather than focusing on mm-hmm. Kratos and Atreus and then seeing the, the overall yeah. story through their perspectives, I don't think it would have been as good. And so I'm concerned yeah. that the sequels might try and get bigger and more grandiose and lose out mm-hmm. on that central aspect of keeping it focused on the main characters so that you feel like you identify right. with them and see their growth through the story. Um, right. But yeah. I, I can absolutely see it that for the next two games, like Kratos isn't going to die for, I mean, he might die in the next one, but I think they can stretch it to two more games where like the next one it's, more balanced of, of gameplay for both characters. Yeah, sure. Um, so you, you're, you're kind of trading off playing both Atreus and um, Kratos. And then for a third game, it could be more, you're playing more as Atreus and then Kratos is, is helping you out, but he's starting to have missteps and stuff like that. And then, mm. you know, towards the end of that game is when he, he finally dies or he gets killed or he sacrifices himself for Atreus. Um, because they, they, you know, they reveal that, Atreus is also part giant. So he's Loki. Like, yeah, he's Loki. And so like they've <clears throat> they've kind of just like that was a big thing and then like all of a sudden that's the end of the game. <laughs> right. So I they that's they're got they have to do something with yeah. that. Um like is he going to bring the giants back? Is he going to use his position to overthrow Odin? Yeah, I know, that's a good question. Um, and then there's you know, does he does he have powers um, from being part giant too? Is there something there? Well, then there's the question. Uh, I mean, Faye, Loki, Faye is the, obviously did. Loki is the god of mischief in Norse mythology. So is that mm-hmm. gonna? Are they gonna try and like explore that, or is it is it gonna be a whole different take mm-hmm. on the character? Yeah, I think it could be a whole new take. More of like he's very clever. Yeah, rather yeah, than just that. like mischievous for no reason. He's actually really smart and clever about how he deals with enemies which that can actually probably lend itself to really incredible combat design yeah true for his character because he doesn't have the strength of um kratos i mean his mm-hmm. his power definitely seems to be more in his mind you know his his ability to understand yeah. all these different languages and and speak to animals mm-hmm. or even predict you know hear voices or things like that 
Um, well, the yeah. really interesting part was when Kratos went into the light and only yeah. like a few minutes passed for him, but a long time passed for Atreus. He had to fend for himself he and did. to come out of the light and there's a pile of bodies and <laughs> Kratos' axe there's is several is piles sticking. of bodies. <laughs> yeah, and so it's like he he has some power that was unlocked, but you never see it. But apparently he is strong in some way. Right. He can like fend for himself. So um so it's really going to be interesting how they explore that or yeah. expand upon that. Yeah. Um, because I think you had to do that in order to say, well, it is viable to play as a trace. Mm-hmm. He is smart and he does have combat skills. And, you know, towards the end, I love, I love all the cinematic stuff where they're like trading off blows and they're that just weaving cool. in and out of, of their combat. Yeah, that was cool. Um, I think it's beautifully done because like in the beginning, it's a lot of a trace, you know, missing things and like not getting it right and having trouble controlling himself. And then all of a sudden they're just in tune and they're just yeah working off of each other. Um, I, th- I think that growth great. is amazing. <laughs> not only did they do it there, but they did it in the armor too. The armor, as you upgrade them, get closer and closer in design oh. um, to each other, That's which cool. is really interesting. Yeah. I didn't even know that. Um, yeah. And, uh, it's I don't know if that was intentional or if maybe I was reading into it, but mm. it, it, it looks like the, the colors and the materials as you upgrade um, get closer in, in design thematically. Um, but yeah, I think they did an incredible job with, with just showing like uh, Treus seems like he is just like his mother in the way that Kratos, you know, related and connected with, with Faye. You know, now Kratos does have this connection with... Um, with Atreus and you know, it's become this really incredible thing of mutual respect and like, and it seems like Faye was probably in a high position with the giants. Oh yeah. Um, Well, she was the guardian. Someone, yeah. Someone they respected. And, um, one thing I wasn't really sure about what, but you know, all the ledges and stuff that you climb up, whatever they had, all the, the glyphs and the designs and stuff on them. Yeah. Was it to, to imply that she put those there, I think so for him, um, because she knew what was going to happen. Yeah, but so that meant that she prepared the pass and then told him to go cut down the tree so that all that would be set in motion. Yeah, I, I think that is go. what they imply uh, because her, you know, you see her symbols and the it's like that yeah. gold pattering and lettering throughout all these different places that you climb, like you said, or that you open yeah. or go to or unlock. And it, it seems right. like in a lot of ways they're, they're saying that she saw the future and prepared the path for them. Right. Which is, which is incredible because like before you get to that point throughout the whole game, I was just thinking like, Oh, it's really convenient that all these like <laughs> signs are here. And you, yeah, because like in, in, in games, game design, you have to show visually, on uh, things that you can go up and that you can climb and, right. and that sort of thing. And, you know, um, uh, was it Far Cry? They have the green rope and, and that sort of thing yeah, or the blue yeah. tarp. And it's always some sort of color like Mirror's Edge. It's like red, red. or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's but, red stuff. Yeah. But I was, and it just feels there as just like a. Just a gameplay Because element. it has to be there. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, but here it felt very intentional, and it was just an incredible like explaining of why those things were there. Right. Um, just to kind of like throw a story element into that game design. Um, so I thought that was that was probably one of the biggest mind blowing things uh, to me. Um, so like the power of of was that one of her powers that she could see the future, or was it just like a prophecy or? I think it was I think it was specific to her, but I can't recall. Um, but I would assume okay. it was specific to her because yeah, it just seemed like Okay. Seemed like um, something she was able to map out for them, so it wouldn't have just been a prophecy, I would think. Right. So that could have been that could be also another thing that Atreus develops right in the next game is like foresight or yeah. prophecy or something like that. Yeah, I like can that. see that for sure. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see where they go with, with the next game. And, you know, you, you there's definitely got to be another one. Oh uh, yeah. There no, there's no question. I mean, it did yeah. so well and it's still, it's a masterpiece. I mean, it's, it's absolutely right. a beautiful experience and I would recommend that anybody play it. It's so good. Yeah. Oh, I just remember this. One of the things that I didn't like is like small thing I know, but it, it made a big difference every time it popped up was Whenever I'm sprinting and I go to leap over a log or something like that, you quit sprinting and you have to reactivate the sprint. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, that yeah, that was I didn't kind even of think annoying. I noticed that. <laughs> that was it, it's a big deal in Niflheim because you're oh. dealing with this fog that constantly brings your stamina or whatever down, and then your health. Yeah, um, and yeah. so like coming out of the area, there's like four or five of those that you have to jump over, and so you oh. have to reactivate sprint after each one. Oh, I see. I see. And it's it feels very disruptive. And I wish it was one of those things that you could just hold the sprint down, and then you hit B, it jumps you over, and then as long as you didn't let go of the sprint, you just keep going. Yeah, that um, makes sense. But I, I just felt like after I came over the log, I just I kept spamming the sprint to make sure he just took off running as soon as possible. Right. Um. So small gameplay thing there, but I mean overall, like. Of all the things that we didn't like, I think it was probably it has to be the best game I've ever played. Like nine point nine out of ten for me, <laughs> right, for sure. Right. Um, yeah, maybe you might come around and and drop it in the uh, in the number one slot at some point. Do you think it'll ever? You think it ever dethrone Bio Bioshock? I mean, I would say I mean, I probably enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed Bioshock. Yeah, you know, so it's not necessarily that the Bioshock is number one. I think it's higher than Ocarina of Time and Resident Evil Four for me, but yeah, I don't know. It's yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, I, part of that also has to do with like it's not even necessarily about the game. It's about who I was at the time of the game and what it meant right. to me, and like experiencing the "Would you kindly" thing for the first time was like right. <sighs> just blew my mind and like right just all that stuff those experiences you can't get back but i mean yeah it's up there for sure you think um if this if god of war came out 10 years ago do you think you would have the same impressions on it as you do now being older and playing the games that you have played I don't know if I'd have as much appreciation for, I mean, I'm not a father, but I'm older now. Um, yeah. So I feel like I can appreciate the slower story elements that are really building off of these big emotional moments between them. 
Right. Like that stuff means more to me than it used to. Yeah. Um, Because I've been thinking about like, I've been thinking about Star Wars a lot. And Mm -hmm. The Last Jedi to me was a really beautiful film Mm -hmm. in some ways because of these like slower moments of like story development, character development that wasn't like a lightsaber fight. It was, you know, or like, or appreciating the fact, like when I first saw it, I didn't like that Luke, you know, was force projecting himself across the galaxy. I wanted him to be there and I wanted him to destroy all the ATATs and be just a super killer, crazy, you know, and then I, after thinking about what it meant though, like after thinking about what it means for him to non-violently help his friends escape and stop the first order and talk to Kylo Ren the way he did. It was just like, that fits so much better. Like that's such a better story arc for him to experience and go through. And what a great way to, to show what the Jedi really should be. And in some ways, you know, not that they should always be nonviolent, but it was just, you know, now that I'm older and I think I can appreciate that a lot more than I would have when I was younger. Well, I mean, even in the original movies, um, he was a little, whinier a little more mature and i i feel like that showed his growth as a as a human as a jedi oh 100 um, yeah and you know him jumping in there and just slashing everything down and like having everybody escape that's more of like a han solo type thing to me um yeah you know han solo he's one of those characters that it's okay if he doesn't grow as much because that's just who he is but Luke being who he is and how important he is to the Star Wars universe, I think you need to see him grow and get to that point. Absolutely. Um, and to, to be able to like let go at the end uh, of The Last Jedi. Um, you know, it was yeah. reminiscent of, of Obi-Wan and him just being like, it's okay, and just letting go, you know? Yeah, he finally found a place of peace. And I, and I, I could have a whole podcast about this uh, in and of itself. <laughs> I don't have time. But, um, but just, I, I love... When I first saw it, like it wasn't what I expected. I wanted to see Luke be like mm-hmm. the Yoda and train Ray and and all that yeah. kind of stuff. But now I look back and I'm like, man, this is so much more interesting. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's so much more interesting to see Luke that's old and kind of bitter and haunted by the ghosts of his past, his mistakes, and his fear mm-hmm. of failure that was built up from him being this legend and yeah. have this pretty cynical view. But at the same time, like really critique areas of the Jedi order that never critique. Sorry, listeners, this has got nothing to do with God of war, but it's just like, <laughs> I just love this stuff. Like yeah. there's a great scene where he, where he's talking about the hubris of the Jedi and Ray mm-hmm. says something. And he, and he says at the height of their power, they allowed Darth Sidious to, you know, to, to rise up and overthrow it, like murder all of them and then establish the empire. Like right. <laughs> they, they are not all it was cracked up to be. To yeah. be a Jedi, you know, and he was trying to show her that like the Jedi and the Sith don't own the force. It's not about that. There's just like some really cool mystical elements to that. And I loved sure. it was it was a cynical view, but it was also very wise in some ways. Right. Um, and then it says so much about learning from failure and teaching others from that. Yeah. Um, like when Yoda comes on and says, pass on what you've learned. And he's like, but failure the the greatest teacher of all is failure and 
Luke missed that until that moment in his life. Yeah. And like you said, because he learned from that, he, in some ways he was able to learn from that and then do something that really gave him a lot of peace. And yeah. it was just really cool. I, I'm sorry, that's a total tangent, but yeah. No, no, no. It's 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 actually incredibly sim- similar to the story of God of War. You know, I think Kratos, before Atreus learned and found that balance, I think he was just like, uh, just like Luke, you know, cynical and angry cynical, yeah. and, and, um, it wasn't until, and I think, um, I think Kratos still, I think at the beginning, maybe halfway through the first half of the game, like he was probably very, um, apprehensive and probably didn't think that the training was gonna amount to much, you know, probably yeah. had his doubts yeah, about it. Um, and just felt kind of like, I'm only doing this because Faye asked me to and not really so much that he wanted to. Um, but he started learning and like connecting and then he finally like found, he found peace. This God of anger, this God of war found a place of peace in teaching and passing what he's learned to Atreus and like seeing him, seeing Atreus. And learning from Atreus. Yeah, Absolutely. That was that was a, one of the most incredible parts when Atreus said, "I can do it. Let me let me do this." And then he he does it. And then that was the first time you see Kratos actually put his hand on on Atreus's back. Yeah. And it's this beautiful moment where they're watching this lantern <clears throat> float up, and you know he's just like, you know, maybe I don't that know is everything. Cool. Yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of similar similarities there. Um, so I'm glad you brought that up. I I hadn't really thought of a lot of that. Uh, no, I could Star talk Wars. about it for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so a lot of people make fun of me for loving the Last Jedi. So good. Anyway, I I think there were some mistakes there. Uh, story yeah, wise, I think so but, too. Um, but but yeah, yeah I, I really enjoyed it. I think people are getting a little too angry about some of the stuff, but you know that's how people are with like super important cultural things. Like oh Star yeah, Wars. that's well, that's how I feel about the Rise of Skywalker. I'm very upset. About oh, are you okay? <laughs> Yeah, it's good to know. I, I hated it. I know pe- um, people are split. But, um, I've been seeing a lot of people are split on on that some, movie. So. Some people absolutely loved it. I yeah. mean, Lee and I went with some friends, and everyone that we went with liked it except for us. And <laughs> I, I have been thinking about and processing why um, I didn't like And, I, you know, it's not like I'm going to get on Twitter and, like, hate on people for yeah. their opinions. It's more or less I just, like, pointing out jokes about, I, you know, that I think about about the plot and things like that. Yeah. Anyway, we can talk about that after you've seen yeah, it. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll watch it. Uh, one one last yeah. question for you. Uh, what game are you uh, looking forward to playing or thinking about playing next? Well, I'm, I'm picking up Destiny a little bit more okay. um, because there's some stuff I want to do in that, some cool story stuff going on. And um, I... Um, I was playing. I've been playing some Battlefront two just for kicks and giggles, and it has been yeah. pretty fun. Like sure. it's been fun just to kind of mess around in that with some buds. Yeah, um, so I'm enjoying that. As far as my next kind of like narrative experience, um, I don't know. I'm thinking maybe Last of Us. Oh, okay. Maybe uh, and or or no Spider Man. Actually, probably Spider Man because I, yeah. I was going to play that before God of War, and then God of War got me. But yeah, yeah. So probably Spider Man. Oh man, you got to play Spider Man. It's still. I, I've been wanting to actually go back and play that. Um, yeah, I'm excited about it. I just don't have the time because I, no, I want to do everything. I want to do everything in that game. Um, <laughs> I, I get it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll just be you? cracking. I'll be. I'll be cracking away at um, Jedi Fallen Order. Um, I have actually before you do that, playing... go home and God of War. 
<laughs> yes. Like I'll, as soon as you that. get off this podcast, go home and God of War. <laughs> okay. I will do that. Um, so I have started playing Far Cry 5 again, but on PlayStation. Okay. Um, just because I wanted some mindless shooter to play, it's really easy to just jump in and jump out of yeah, that game. It is. Just yeah. something something simple. Um, and For sure. I can't believe how many bugs there are on the PlayStation version. It is surprising. <laughs> surprising how many bugs and stuff I've run into. Yeah. So it's it's kind of ruining it for me. Um, but, you know, I'll jump in and out of that. But I'm really not sure what I want to play besides um, Fallen Order. Um, right. I might play Bioshock. I might go back and play Bioshock. Have you started playing Sekiro yet? Oh, no, I haven't played that. Should I play that close to Fallen Order? (laughs) That's a good good point, because you may really not like Sekiro. (laughs) Yeah, I might come in with a bad taste in my mouth and just be like, oh, this game sucks. You (laughs) suck, Jordan, for getting it for me. (laughs) You might, yeah. Jordan. Uh, No. I'm interested in playing that one. Yeah. Yeah. I'll do, I'll do that for sure. Well, cool, man. This is fun. Um, yeah. Uh, you listeners, what do you guys think about God of War? You guys think it sucks? Do you guys like it? Um, what do you guys think is going to happen in the next in the next one? Or, you know, I think it would um, be a fun question. Of, it, this is definitely, you know, this is one of the best games I've played in the last decade. What's the best game that you played this last decade? Ooh, that's Listeners, a good one. I want to hear from you guys. Uh, you guys can check us out. Game of the decade. Game of the decade yeah. for you guys. Um, check us out at Twitter at the EG Podcast, and uh, I'm at Nick J Wells. Yeah, and you can find me on Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram at Skitch256. Yeah, thank you guys for listening. We really appreciate it, and hope you um, hope you guys uh, enjoyed it too. So, yep, we'll uh, we'll catch you guys in the next one. See y'all. Thank you.